You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. Have a great guest, Madison Marie McIntosh, opera singer, mezzo-soprano, and um, she does a lot of things. She works on a lot of projects. We're going to get into that. But first of all, I wanted to welcome you to Something Rather Than Nothing. Welcome, Madison. Thank you very much, Ken, for having me as a guest. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I, um, uh, I, the, the show gets into um, opera at different times. It's an area of learning uh, for me. And um, I've, I've just been very intrigued by the, the very different productions that you do. And um, I know recently up in the uh, wonderful area of Fargo-Moorhead, you were um, Cinderella. And I know you're out in New York right now. So just kind of jumping right in, um, why don't you talk about um, just kind of like the recent couple of things uh, that you did say your work up in uh, Fargo and uh, what your next project is? This past weekend, I was singing Cinderella in Rossini's version of the story with Fargo Moorhead Opera. It's a company with which I love to work. I uh, sang in a production with them last year, and I'm very grateful that they had me back this year. Um, so yes, there are some different things about Rossini's version of this fairy tale. There's no fairy godmother. Instead, there's Alidoro, the prince's tutor. And there are two bracelets, one of which Cinderella gives to the prince. There's not a slipper that she loses. And there's a stepfather instead of a stepmother. Um, and this production was wonderfully effervescent. It was directed by the brilliant Maria Todaro and conducted by the marvelous Kevin Zutilin. Um, and my next project, for which I'll begin rehearsal tomorrow, will be Julius Caesar handles Giulio Cesare with Connecticut Lyric Opera. And I'm excited to work with them again with conductor Adrian Silvine and stage director Alan Mann. I had the pleasure of singing Cesare with Connecticut Lyric Opera in 2018. And this past November, I also sang in Francesca Caccini's La Liberazione di Ruggero. And yes, I really love the role of Cesare as well. And I'm definitely excited um, to be in those performances in May. And uh, I'll also be featured in a digital benefit concert for Ukraine. This is Artists for Peace, presented by Opera Cecilia. And you can check out operacecilia.com. That's opera C-E-C-I-L-I-A.com or check them out on Instagram and visit the link in their bio or uh, check them out on Facebook. And then in early June, I'll be singing Francesca da Ponte in the concert premiere of a new operatic musical based on the fascinating life of Lorenzo da Ponte, who wrote the libretti of Mozart's most famous Italian operas. Da Ponte features music by Mozart and his contemporaries, as well as original music by composer Roger Neal, whose credits include the theme music of Mozart in the Jungle, and librettist Neil Cohen, who is the genius behind the entire musical. And when I say genius, I mean it. Neil is fantastic, and his script and lyrics are brilliantly clever. And this event will take place at Westwind Orchard in Accord, New York. 
And um, I think that I've bored you long enough um, with information about my upcoming projects. But yes, that's a, <laughs> those are a few of the things that I'll be doing soon. Thank you. No, I, and, and thank you for making time for the podcast. Uh, I, I, I love those stories and I love hearing the different uh, elements uh, of, of those stories, um, you know, as you describe them. So uh, thank you, Madison. I wanted to go back to the, to the beginning. And as you know, on the podcast, we focus on uh, creatives of all types, um, you know, painters, uh, uh, singers, uh, dancers, at times athletes. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I've been drawn um, to opera, both to, 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 to understand it, but to also see the different elements as it emerges, you know, um, within and without the pandemic over the last uh, couple of years. But let's go way back to the beginning and a question I ask guests. So when you were born, uh, were, you, were you an artist? Were you, were you a singer then? Perhaps not from the moment when I was born, but I uh, caught the singing bug pretty soon thereafter. In fact, my mother jokes that I was singing even before I was talking, which is saying something because I was a chatty social kid from a very early age. And singing was something that I did for fun long before it evolved into my passion. When I was in kindergarten and we would sing the national anthem every morning, I would sing in my so-called opera voice, much to the consternation of my classmates. Um, I would also <laughs> embarrass my poor parents by singing very loudly in the congregation at church. And eventually I auditioned for a school play in third grade and the music director somehow contacted my parents and asked whether they knew that I had a, a voice for singing. And they said, well, she, we knew she was loud. I, I mean, my parents were exceedingly supportive of me and liked many different genres of music, but um, they weren't necessarily music aficionados, so they wouldn't necessarily have been able to identify a voice that, uh, you know, could be developed. And uh, anyway, I started to take voice lessons a year or two after that, by which time I knew that I wanted to be an opera singer. Yeah, and I wanted to ask a question um, about um, the different languages. I haven't really had the opportunity to ask that of, of guests, the singers in particular, the, the extensive training that goes on um, in, in, in language. Um, what is it like for you as, you know, as an artist to, you know, to be able to, to, to handle the intonation and, and of, of the... Um, of the various languages and to, and to sing in them, sing in them. What is your experience uh, w with language as it comes out through your, through your voice? I love to sing in different languages. Um, although I have to say that Italian is my favorite. Um, <laughs> um, as opera singers, we need to study not only the languages themselves, but also the diction, the pronunciation of each language in which we sing. Um, so in college, I had language classes and diction classes, both of which were very important. And of course, we need to know the meanings of the words that we say. So familiar familiarity with the languages can help a great deal with that. And of course, if we come across words that we don't know, we need to look them up or else it will be obvious to the audience that we have no clue what we're saying. Um, but yes, it's really a pleasure to sing in a wide variety of languages. Yeah, I, it's, 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 it's a piece that I, 
you know, uh, from the outside that uh, I hold in esteem. And it's a, a unique characteristic to be able to, to range like that. Um, it's beautiful to hear. And, um, you know, it's, it, the, your voice is, uh, is, is, is beautiful. And it's wonder, it's wonderful to kind of learn about, uh, about opera and about how you create that, um, emotional impact where other, uh, uh, other singers talk about, you know, the power of, of the voice and the power of, um, you know, performing and, um, you know, kind of the traditional elements of, of opera and, and related to that, I have a question uh, about, about opera and about the fact that I know you've uh, gone into, you know, what we might be considered like, you know, kind of modern interpretations or, you know, opera moving forward. For you, um, performing in this area, uh, 2022 in the world that we live in, um, what, is, what is the role of, of, of opera uh, right now? Um, what, what do you believe is its uh, role? Is it, has it changed uh, or is it, you know, remained the opera that we know uh, throughout the centuries? I think that some elements of it have remained the same and that others have changed. Opera is timeless, in my opinion, and there are traditional productions, ones that are set in the periods in which they were originally set. And I think that that in its own way emphasizes the timelessness of the operas. But some stage directors put different takes on the operas, different spins on them, and sometimes up to update them to take place in more modern times. And I think that that in its own way emphasizes the timelessness of the stories that are told in operas. I wanted to know, uh, Madison, uh, the, one of the one of the bigger questions here, and of course you could apply it to to opera. But as an artist yourself, I mean, you dedicate you know you dedicate your life, your time to creating creating this form of art. I wanted to ask you the 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 big question about uh, you do that, and you put a lot of your effort and your life into that. But what is art, and and what are you trying to do with art? That's a question, of course, that uh, artists, philosophers, and other people have been pondering for years. And of course, there's not just one right answer. The Cambridge English Dictionary defines art as the making of objects, images, music, etc., that are beautiful or that express feelings. And I think that that's a pretty good definition. Um, but art can also be used to send messages to encourage people to consider new ideas, to make people more empathetic, and even to push the boundaries of what is considered art. Yeah, do you think, um, and within art, I, sometimes I ask, you know, what 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 the what the role of of art is, um, and I, you know, applying it uh, now to to our time. Um, you know, what is what is the 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 role of opera for the modern audience? For me, it's it, you know it's it's clear that it has a role. It has the power uh, that that it has. But um, for us now, uh, what what do you think the role of opera is in in our world at the moment? I'm really glad that you uh, asked that question, Ken, about the role of opera and art in general. Um, I think that the role of art is immensely undervalued in today's society. It has basically been classified as non-essential, but I literally would not want to live in a world without art. 
from the time of when I was knee high to a grasshopper, I have considered practically everything else boring. I loved to sing and to listen to music. I liked to draw, even though I <laughs> wasn't very good at it. I liked to read and to tell stories. I enjoyed movies and television shows. Uh, and I certainly wasn't alone. People look to art for hope, comfort, inspiration, enjoyment, distraction from a challenging world, and respite from the mundane. Art can inspire people to do better and to be better. It, it can raise funds for important causes, um, as in the case of Opera Cecilia's benefit concert that I mentioned. It can make people more empathetic and less judgmental. Um, at the very least, it can make a person slightly less crabby on a bad day. It can reach many, many people at one time, and it provides jobs for a lot of people. For example, a single opera production creates jobs for the singers, the members of the orchestra, the conductor, perhaps an assistant conductor, the stage director, the stage manager, any assistant stage managers, the costume designer, the makeup artist, the set designers and builders, the lighting designer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, yes, art is essential and art is work. Yeah, and I and and we get into that topic um, a, a decent amount about you know the the work uh, inherent in art. And one piece um, going back to what you said that I really picked up, I really enjoyed um, you saying was you know the, the the notion of of empathy, right, through song and through well, in in this particular case with opera, but and in general. Um, I, I look at art and, 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 and do my show in the sense of the connections that it, that it makes, uh, uh, you know, between people, whatever the form that it is. And uh, there's a deep part of it about the empathy or towards the human experience, or it could just entertain, as you said, it can make your day a, a little bit um, better. And for me, this inquiry like gets into that because it has, it has the potential and it is aimed towards, I don't know, it seems to me like bettering our lives and increasing understanding uh, the way I see it. Absolutely. Yes, it, it humanizes other people. I got another question, and it is about uh, creating, and for you in particular as an artist, um, again, another conceptual question, but um, deep down, why do you think you create? For me, it all started simply because I loved to sing. Everything else came later, relating to my characters, connecting with audiences, and loving to work with other artists. But long before I was a professional performer, I just loved to sing. And that set me on the path to doing what I do. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, I, and, and again, thank you for, uh, for, for I don't know, just your spirit in in moving towards in moving towards that because we get to enjoy your performances, um, and so and, and about and, and I wanted to thank you in particular about the Ukraine uh, benefit. I mean, I and recently I've encountered some of the you know history in the twentieth century of um, the Holodomor and the the Great Famine uh, that uh, the Ukrainian people were subject to in the thirties uh, and into the forties, and the the the, the history history of um the history of oppression and incursion there so i i i think it's um i think it's great um that that you put your efforts to a lot of things what art does is to transform make people aware and 
like you said, to labor or to, you know, bring awareness towards, you know, towards issues. And I want to thank you for that effort because that's, I don't know, feels like that's what make, makes art, uh, you know, real in our world. Um, I want to ask you another big, big question. Um, titular question of the show is, uh, uh, Madison, why do you think there is something rather than nothing? I suppose that something comes into existence when a sentient being, human or divine, and of course there are many different beliefs about the latter, creates something or it is created by nature. And there we are, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to, to, to ask you um, a, a bit more um, about, um, about the, the, the production you're going to be doing um, in, in, in New York City. And what was the title of that again? Uh, that will be in Connecticut with Connecticut Lyric Opera. That's Julius Caesar, um, Julius Caesar in Egypt, which is Giulio Cesare in Egitto by Handel. That's my next production. Um, and then in New York State, Accord New York, in early June, I'll be singing in the concert premiere of Da Ponte by Roger Neal and Neil Cohen. That's wonderful. Um one of the things I also wanted you to convey, if 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 you could, is a, a big part of of what you do in a way for the audience to be able to connect um, with you as a performer or or the works. I know you're involved in a lot of different projects, but can you lead folks to whether it be like a like a website or social media presence about the work that you do, so they can kind of come in contact uh, with with your work and with uh, you to your comfort level. Yes, definitely. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm Madison Marie McIntosh, mezzo-soprano on Facebook. And my Instagram handle is also my name, at Madison Marie McIntosh. And people can visit my social media platforms to see pictures of my productions and a few videos and to get in touch. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I understand you won the American Prize uh, in Opera for one of your performances, and I also understand that is that is a high honor. Can you just tell us a little bit about that prize and about the performance uh, that you won it for? I'm very grateful, yes, to have um, won the American Prize in Vocal Performance in 2020. Um, that happened on the basis of a few different videos of my singing. And I would like to thank once again, Chief Judge David Katz and um, the brilliant soprano Sharon Sweet, who was also a judge. Um, I, I wrote her a, a thank you note and she was very gracious, very kind in replying to me. And um, I actually have not had the pleasure of meeting Maestro Katz in person, but I, uh, I wrote a thank you note to him, of course, after he let me know that I had been designated winner of the American Prize. But then a few months later, I still felt very grateful to him and the American Prize. And I, uh, <laughs> I admit that I'm the queen of crazy ideas. I became <laughs> like that rather early during the pandemic. And I wrote to David um, rather out of the blue to make the offer to sing a benefit concert for the American Prize. I, I love to support the organizations that have supported me. And um, 
he liked the idea. And so in May of last year, I sang a virtual benefit concert that featured world premieres of works by eight composers. Incredible. Congratulations, uh, Madison. And um, I uh, encourage all, uh, all listeners um, as uh, Madison uh, makes her way and performs um, with her beautiful voice that hopefully you get the opportunity to hear the uh, wonderful uh, unamplified human voice of Madison Marie McIntosh, mezzo-soprano. Madison, Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I know you're so busy, but thank you for giving us a peep into your into your thinking, into your performance, and into the opera world. I really, really appreciate your time and your thoughts. Thank you very much, Ken. It has been a pleasure to speak with you. Um, thank you very much for having me on this great podcast. Thank you, and I hope that we get the chance to talk again. Absolutely. I hope so, too. This will be a live and unedited recording of Un'altra Volta Ancor from Partenope by Handel. My character is the Princess Rosmira, a very gutsy woman who has disguised herself as a man to seek out the man Arsace, who has jilted her. He says that he still loves her, but although Rosmira loves him, she's suspicious, and she tells him... Yet another time, you told me that you loved me, and then you deceived me.
This is Something Rather Than Nothing.